Hello, my friends. It is very chilly outside. I'm here in Ottawa at the rally for the Jewish people, about 15,000 people supporting Israel and condemning Hamas. A notable absence, of course, is Justin Trudeau. I'd like you to see the video of what I saw. So please go to rebelnewsplus.com. That's the video version of this podcast. It's eight bucks a month, which might not be a lot of money to you, but it really adds up for us. It's how we pay the bills. That's rebelnewsplus.com. Tonight, thousands of people rally in support of the Jewish people, but Justin Trudeau refuses to attend. It's December 4th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. I'm in Ottawa. Behind me is a stage upon which a number of speakers from politics, from religion, from civil society are speaking in a rally in support of the Jewish people. That's what it's being described as. Uh, It's hard to get a measure of the number of people here when you're in it. I heard a citation of 15,000 people, which I, that sounds about right. You know, more people would have been here. However, in a atrocious and petty and telling anti-Semitic move, one of the bus companies that signed a contract and was paid in advance to bring people here from Toronto on the morning of failed to show up. They refused to bring supporters to Ottawa. Uh, and they refused to answer phone calls. About it. 17 buses with hundreds of people were stranded. That shows you the world we're in these days. Um, I came down here today and I listened to a number of speeches. I also went around the protesters, or I guess ralliers, and asked a couple of questions. The first one was, why is Justin Trudeau not here? Here's how some of those questions were answered. Where did you come in from today? I'm coming from Montreal. That's a long journey. Well, not too long, but an hour and a half. No, it was a pleasant journey. Justin Trudeau's just up the block. He's in town now, but he's refusing to come to this event. Do you think he should be here? Of course he should. So why do you think he's not here? He has his personal reasons, but we all know what they are. What do you think they are? Oh, come on. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I think I know, what, but I want to know what you think. That's what we all are thinking. That he doesn't like the Jews too much? Well, that he has to uh, bow to his electoral base. Well, that's what it is, isn't it? He can do the math. He's not very good at other math, like balancing a budget, but he can count votes, can't he? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. So he's playing it safe. Uh, Trudeau's just up the block. Uh, why, why is he not coming today? It's an excellent question. I think he's afraid to. He's more beholden to the certain segments of his party, particularly his cabinet. Um, what, what people don't realize is that his transportation minister, Omar Al-Gabra, was at a very pro-Palestinian rally in Mississauga, in Toronto. And let's just say there was a lot of vitriol that was decidedly anti-Semitic and anti-Jewish at that meeting. Man should have been hoofed out way back when. This is over a year ago. So why is Trudeau not here? I think he's afraid. Why is Justin Trudeau not coming today? Because uh, he's not pro-Israel enough. I think you're right. Uh, I don't. You say enough. I don't know if he's pro-Israel at all. 
he pretends to be pro-Israel, but he doesn't back it up, basically. Why, why do you think Justin Trudeau is not coming today? Oh, I just said that. He just said that. First of all, it's wrong. He should support and stand with the Jewish people because what happened is horrendous. And we have zero support from our mayor from Quebec and from Montreal mayor. Why is Justin Trudeau not here? Well, because I don't think Justin Trudeau is a politician that is, who's afraid to actually articulate anything. He's not here and he's not there. Justin Trudeau should decide what side he's on. Is he in the side of the terrorists or in the side of a democratic country with the ally of all the Western world? I got a question for folks here. Why do you think Justin Trudeau's not coming today? Yeah, he's kind of uh, not onside enough. I agree. Well, onside enough? Is he onside at all? He's, a, he's in the middle. He's like, uh, you know, how the liberals, they always abstain at the U.N. Hey, I got a question for you. Why is Justin Trudeau not here? We know he's in the city, but why is he refusing to come to the rally? <laughs> it's unbelievable. This, this guy's the leader of the country. He should actually lead. Why do you think Justin Trudeau's not here today? That's a very interesting question. He's just up the block. I understand he's in Ottawa all day. I understand he's not coming today, though. Why do you think that is? I think he has been very incoherent in terms of his positioning. He's, he has not come out and shown the Jewish community that he stands against terrorism, against the evil that we see happening and against the rising anti-Semitism happening in Canada and around the world. I don't feel that he's been loud enough. I don't feel that he's taken enough actions to counter the rise in anti-Semitism. Where did you come in from? I actually live in Ottawa. Oh, there you go. You know who else is just in Ottawa a few blocks away is Justin Trudeau. Why is he not coming today? I, um, I think that his um, interests are not entirely aligned with ours. And what do you mean by that? I, I think that he could be more supportive of Israel. Do you think it's because he's counting the votes and he thinks the pro-Hamas side is more numerous than the pro-Israel side? I, I don't think that he has um, the courage to stand for what's right when it's required. Well, why is he not here today? Uh, because he doesn't actually stand with the Jews unless it's for photo ops. Um, and he's afraid to be seen supporting an event like this because a lot of his supporters would not support an event like this. Hey, I got a question for you. Justin Trudeau's in town today, but he's not coming. Do you think he should be here? He should, but he will not show up. And why do you think that is? Because he would get booed mightily. Yes. I hope Pierre shows up. Why do you think Justin Trudeau's not here? He's in the city. Why do you think he's not here today? That's a great question. I don't know. Do you have a guess? Your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. He's busy doing something uh, less important. I don't know. Why do you think Justin Trudeau's not here today? Well, that's a very good question. He'd be well advised to be here. But why do you think he chose not to be here? He's, he's in town. He's just a few blocks away. Why do you think he's not coming? I couldn't tell you why he's not coming. He's not coming and he should be here. Justin Trudeau's not coming today. He's in the city. Why do you think he's not coming? It's not shocking that Justin Trudeau is not coming here today. I think we're all very clear on where his party stands at the moment. Um, I think it's time for him to think about politics first and trying to win an election in this country instead of doing what's right.
Well, I think it's sort of obvious why Justin Trudeau didn't come today. I don't think there would be a lot of people clapping for him, and I think there would be quite a few booing for him. One of the first speakers today, though, was a Trudeau liberal named Anthony Housefather, who's really, really pro-Israel. Just ask him. In fact, he went to Israel recently, so that's proof of it. I'm sure Anthony Housefather, as an individual, is pro-Israel, but he supports a prime minister who is the most hostile leader towards Israel in the G7. Here's a quick snippet of what Housefather said, and again, it was fine as far as it went, but I think he was here as a token Jew for the Liberal Party to assuage the people here while Trudeau is doing whatever he's doing just down the street. Here's a clip of Housefather. Last week, we went to Israel. We visited Kfaraza and Sterot. We saw bullet holes and blood traces and cars that were run off the road when their occupants were killed. We heard from survivors, stories of rape, torture, and murder. We met with families of Canadians who were massacred and with families of the hostages. We did this so that we could bear witness. We did this so that we can confirm to everyone that a pogrom happened in Israel on October the 7th. Except that instead of Cossacks, this pogrom was carried out by the terrorist group Hamas. We did this so that we could better explain to all Canadians why the destruction of Hamas was not only in the best interest of Israel, but also the Palestinian people of Canada and of the world. As a member of parliament and as a proud Jewish Canadian, the last few weeks have left me very angry. Angry that as soon as Hamas murdered Israelis, people started making justifications. Angry that at the United Nations and world agencies, Israel is treated differently than every other country. Fâché, fâché que les gens prétendent que les Juifs ne sont pas indigènes en Israël. Angry that after the worst massacre of Jews since the Holocaust, there's been an upsurge in Jew hate across the world, including in our own country. Angry that in my own city, bullet holes were found in schools and Molotov cocktails thrown against a synagogue. Angry that on campuses, Jewish students feel that they can't be safe. Angry that a small minority of people march and call for the boycott of Jewish businesses and yell slogans that most Jews interpret as a call for the destruction of Israel and the destruction of the Jewish people. And so let me tell you what I'm grateful for this Hanukkah. I'm grateful that 2023 is not 1943. I'm grateful that Israel, I'm grateful that Israel exists and has an army to fight back against those who launched a pogrom. I am grateful that in Canada, our Jewish community is 400,000 strong, and we live in a country where we've contributed beyond measure, and we've been given our opportunities that our ancestors never dreamed of. Today, there are eight Jewish members of the House of Commons and three of the Senate. The leader of the government in the House and in the Senate and the deputy leader of the opposition are all Jewish. But much more importantly, we have non-Jewish allies, people like Marco Mendicino and Michelle Rempel and Denis Kader. And all of you out there who are not from the Jewish community who are standing with us in solidarity. 
much more warmly received was the conservative MP, Melissa Lantzman. She obliquely criticized the Liberal Party, but I guess restrained herself a bit, didn't mention Trudeau by name. Here's a clip from her speech, which had a very strong support. More than 40 MPs in this place have publicly called for a ceasefire in the face of terror. And Canada has somehow become a country that abandoned our long-standing principled position and opted for mealy-mouthed platitudes from far too many in far too many legislatures across the country. And nobody in power has offered more than statements of what they're doing to protect us. It was easy to be pro-Israel when this first happened, and it's much harder now. And now we see who they really are. I want you to know that this isn't over. That this isn't over until the 137 hostages come home. It is not over until the boycott of Jewish businesses, the targeting of Jewish schools, the shootings and the firebombings of synagogues. It is not over until those who commit those crimes are behind bars. It is not over until the, uh, until the organizations who purport to stand up for women's rights recognize that the brutal sexual violence and rape against Israeli women is not resistance, it's barbarism. And there is no defense of this. And that's why they deny it. It is not over until the professors and the, and the university administrators who wrap themselves in woke progressive ideology, who have created an environment where Jewish students feel unsafe, are fired for standing with terrorism rather than civilization. And it is not over. It is not over until every politician in this country condemned the faceless, mask-wearing, screaming mobs who are illegally inciting hatred in our street. It is not over, especially until every city hall and every public square do not succumb to the anti-Semitic mobs and they put two menorahs up and they let that fire burn. Everybody thinks everything is fine. It's not fine. And we are not going to go away until this is fixed. Michelle Rempel Garner is not going anywhere. Marty Morantz from Winnipeg is not going anywhere. Our leader, Pierre Polyev, is not going anywhere. And I am not going anywhere. When everybody else is silent, we will make sure that they hear that silence. When everybody lets us down, we will call them out. And when they betray us, we will vote them out. As I moved towards the stage earlier, I bumped into the newest member of parliament, Shuvaloy Majumdar from Southwest Calgary. Here's what he had to say. Shuvaloy Majumdar, MP for Calgary Southwest. Thanks for stopping to say hello. Why are you here? Yeah, solidarity with the people of Israel at a time of great trial and tribulation. This is something that I think is impacting our communities across Canada in devastating ways. We see mobs on the streets, people whose hearts have turned to darkness. And this is about peace, it's about freedom, it's about confronting Hamas and the apparatus that supports it and dismantling it once and for all. I don't want to make this too political or partisan, but it does behoove me to ask, why has Justin Trudeau been reluctant to be as pro-Israel as other world leaders? For example, he's the only G7 leader other than the Japanese not to visit Israel. What do you think is going on on the other side of the aisle? 
you know, it's a test to see how strong somebody's moral convictions really are. Since the outset of this, I've been saying to people across the country, pay attention to those who stand up for Israel, those who stand up for the Jewish people, because when it gets tough, it's when it tests your mettle. And I think the prime minister's actions are tragically showing what his constitution is truly made of. I agree, this shouldn't be a partisan moment. Uh, and I'd encourage him and his cabinet to find their voice and say and do the right things by the people of Canada and by the people of Israel. As you can see, it's bitter cold here. Reminds me a little bit of the trucker convoy uh, almost two years ago now, I guess. It was cold then, too. Uh, one of the most fiery speeches was from a rabbi in Montreal named Rabbi Pupko, and he was very passionate. I especially liked his attack on the lying mainstream media. Here, I'll let him, uh, I'll let you hear him for himself. Take a listen. October 7th has brought us great clarity painful and tragic clarity. Illusions here and in Israel have evaporated. October 7th is a hinge point. We see the world for what it is. We see it clearly and without any veils. The masks are off. The delusions are gone. We understand the world we live in with honesty and clarity. We see the adversary with clarity. No one here needs to be reminded of all the images and all the stories and all the videos that we have seen over the past eight weeks of medieval carnage and brutality for which our vocabulary has no words. You know, we have journalists here and they're all wonderful. But I'll tell you, not all journalists are. We see journalists with greater clarity. You all remember the story of the hospital. How within moments we're told a building is destroyed. 500 people are dead. And within hours we all knew the truth, even though it took days for the New York Times and others to apologize. And more than that, and I said it the first day, let's see. This is a test. Will the same journalists who were duped by the Hamas Ministry of Health, say those words without laughing, the Hamas Ministry of Health, days after they said that lie about the hospital, they put out numbers about civilian casualties, and journalists like stenographers write them down and report them with credibility. You were lied to. You were deceived, and you keep believing the liars. It makes no sense. We see, we see the UN with clarity. He says, as does the Secretary General, that October 7th has a context. It has a context. Years and years of incitement. UN women silent for eight weeks about the rape of our daughters. We see them with clarity now. I really like that. I noticed that the rabbi did not talk about the hypocrisy of Justin Trudeau, the prime minister. He very obliquely alluded to it, but I guess that's why he's a su successful political operator, which a rabbi of that uh, 
I guess, uh, senior status has to be. What I liked is there was an emphasis on non-Jewish supporters. On the stage, there were speakers from different uh, Gentile communities. My favorite, as always, are the Persians. These are people from Iran who themselves have been abused by the Islamic dictatorship there. Here, take a look. I stand here as a proof to reassure you that other communities care about you. And I'm not alone. Many Canadians of Iranian heritage are in the crowd, former political prisoners in Iran, and many activists from our community are here in the crowd to stand shoulder to shoulder with you. Many Iranians in Iran have asked me to convey their message of love and support for you and for Israel. The hashtag Iranian stand with Israel were trending on Twitter right after we woke up to the horrors of the October 7th. Because we know, we know what the evils look like. We have been fighting them for the past 44 years. While Iranian people risk their lives to stand with Israel, we we have here in Canada and in other democratic countries the so-called progressives who find themselves justifying the horrors that happened over the past couple of months. I urge them to go and visit Tehran. Go see the destruction and suffering committed by the same kind of monsters who attacked Israel on October 7th. But of course, the most heartbreaking moment today was when family members of the terrorist victims themselves spoke. Uh, a number of people spoke, including these parents of children who were murdered at that Nova dance party right near the border. We are Raquel and Alain Luc. We stand before you with broken hearts, heavy, with inconsolable grief. On the morning of October 7th, we received a call from our beautiful son and heard everything as our heroic, brilliant angel, Alexandre, was taken from us, murdered in the senseless and brutal Hamas terrorist massacre at the Nova Music Festival a party for peace and love. We stand here not just as grieving parents, but as proud Canadians who have witnessed firsthand the resilience and strength of our Jewish nation. Our son's young life was tragically cut short, but his legacy will forever shine as a beacon of love courage and sacrifice in the face of danger and pure evil. He put himself in front of others to protect them, saving lives on that Black Saturday. The Talmud teaches us that he who saves one life is as though he has saved the entire world. Alexandre's memory will live on in the hearts of all who knew him 
a beautiful, caring soul who embodied the true spirit of Kol Israel Arevim Zeh Bezeh. All of Israel is responsible for one another. Did you know there is still a Canadian citizen being held hostage by Hamas? You wouldn't know it, uh, judging by Justin Trudeau's silence on the matter. Her kids spoke today. Um, she was a real, she is, uh, if she's still alive, God willing, she is a real peacenik, someone who tried to make peace with Hamas. I think her children were still dazed, not only by her kidnapping, but the uh, their, their whole worldview has taken a battering uh, realizing that, no, I don't think Hamas is the same as Israel, and no, I don't think they do really want peace. Take a look, and I'm very sorry to show their statement. Hello. Uh, my name is Larry Weinstein. This is my daughter, Ali Weinstein. We are, uh, I am the brother of the only Canadian uh, hostage, the only missing Canadian right now, Judy Weinstein, Judy Weinstein Haggai. She, she was born in New York, but she lived in Toronto from the time she was three until her mid-twenties. She then moved to Israel, where she fell in love and created a life with her husband, Gadi Haggai, their four children, and later their seven grandchildren. They lived on kibbutz near Oz. On October 7th, Judy and Gadi went on their daily morning walk outside the kibbutz. They encountered terrorists, and Judy called for help, saying they had both been shot, Gotti fatally. Since then, we have had no information about their whereabouts. They both are being held hostage in Gaza, and we don't know if Judy's alive. All we want, all we want, to bring them home, yes. Bring them home. Bring them home. All we want is to bring Judy home. We want to hold her. We want to embrace her. We want to help heal her wounds. We're calling on the Canadian government to get to the negoti negotiating table and demand that Judy, the only missing Canadian, the only Canadian hostage in Gaza, be returned home. But also we as the family of Judy, a peace-loving person, we're calling for the end of this horrific cycle of violence that endangers every innocent person in Israel and in Palestine, and endangers all of us in the diaspora by fueling this recent overwhelming wave of anti-Semitism around the world. We're all feeling it. We, all, we want all the hostages to come home. We want Judy to come home. You know, I asked a question to a number of the ralliers today that I asked when I was in London, e England, uh, 10 days ago at their big rally for Israel. And that is, I look at the people who are behind the pro-Hamas hate marches in the street, and I can't help but notice that the overwhelming majority of them are new immigrants uh, who have brought with them a hatred for Jews that they were inculcated with back in the home country, whether that was Syria or Afghanistan or Pakistan or Northern Africa. They didn't learn that anti-Semitism in Canada. They maybe had it fine-tuned in our woke universities, but the people marching in the streets generally are not university grads. They're just plain anti-Semites 
from Muslim countries where Jew hatred is normal. So I asked a number of people, should we change our open borders immigration policy? And just like in London, England, so many of the Jews here just wouldn't let go of their liberal dream of open borders. Here's a sample. Let me throw an idea. You're just spitballing here. Canada has an enormous immigration level from countries where anti-Semitism is endemic. Do you think we should? Do you think we should uh, change that? Both the number and the 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 quality of immigrant. I'm not going to speak to that because, in my mind, what you have to tell immigrants is that if you come with prejudices, leave them behind or don't come. Um, we're not saying that right now. There's no, no quality. There's no uh, values test. This is still. Do we need a values test? Maybe. Maybe I don't want to sound like Donald Trump, but maybe I think. The whole point has to be that people have to come to this country knowing that it is a melting pot. That we celebrate diversity, but we also protect diversity. It's the two sides of the same coin. We can't celebrate it and not protect it. I think when there's half a million or a million immigrants every year, and many of them come from countries where anti-Semitism is endemic, it's only a matter of time between the before the anti-Semitic vote in this country is actually sizable. Do you think that we should reduce the number of immigrants or at the very least have a Canadian values test? Well, I think that not every immigrant that comes in here is going to be anti-Semitic. Right? right, so that they would pass the values test. They, you know, but the, what their children do afterwards is another thing. There seems to be an indoctrination somehow in the uh, age group of our children today that uh, has turned them in an opposite direction from how their parents were raised. I think that's true in, in many of our institutions, but I think people who come here directly from Syria or Afghanistan or Pakistan, many of them have a long-standing national hatred towards Jews. That's not my guessing. That's what those countries say. Yeah, that's what they say. So, so why are we, should we do something about it? I think it's up to our children to start thinking about that, yeah. Well, if we don't do something now, our children will be a little bit too late. Yeah. You seem shy about saying yes, pause immigration or slow down immigration. No, Canada desperately needs immigration. Really? To drive up housing costs? No, not to drive up companies. To drive down wages? No, not to drive down wages. To get in line at our universities and hospital waiting rooms? But what do we need? What we do we desperately need we migrants always, for? We, need, we obviously always need immigration. But what if they're what if they're anti-Semitic? Well, that's a problem for Canada. Yes, it is, but, and it's a problem for all Canadians, not just our community. Right. But you think that you said you, that's something for our kids to talk about. But don't you think if we leave it for our kids, if we leave it for another generation, yeah. we're lost? If they could very well be. Yes. My my parents have said that about my generation, so now I'm saying it about theirs. I've observed a lot of these hate marches across the country, and it's my observation that around 80% of them are uh, newcomers, people who have immigrated to this country from places where anti-Semitism is endemic. Do you think it's time Canada reassess our open borders immigration policy? I can't comment on that, but I do think today's rally will be very peaceful, and I think we should all be proud of that. Well, I mean, can I ask why you can't comment on that? I haven't attended. No, no, I'm just talking about, I mean, surely you've seen the videos of these hate marches 
many of them are people who just came here. I don't think either of us are going to comment on that. All right. Are you guys in the political business? Is that why? We're both lawyers. All right. Your, your sign says we are not afraid. I think, I mean, that, that's, that's an aspirational thing, not to be afraid. But I think many Jews actually are afraid. I'm afraid. Sure, I'm afraid of losing democracy. I'm, I'm afraid of the social fabric falling apart. I'm afraid of the people don't really understand that love is a very important thing. We have to stop the lies, stop the hatred. Let's try to find peace. Let's try to coexist. All right, well, I want to press you on that yeah. because Canada has a massive open borders immigration policy. My observation is that probably 80% of the people in the hate marches are either new immigrants or, or I mean, they, they are not old stock Canadians. They were brought here under mass immigration. And I don't think you're going to convince them to love Jews or even to not hate Jews. I just don't think so. Some of the vitriol I've seen on the streets is insane. Do you think that open borders immigration was a mistake? First of all, I don't want anyone necessarily to love Jews. I just want to be respected like any other human being. Do you, you really think, you look at those hate marches, you think you're going to turn them around? No, that's why I think we believe in uh, the Mashiach. I don't know if man can solve this problem. Can I ask you a, a, a harder question? I've observed a lot of these hate marches, and by my observation, 75, 80% of them are new Canadians, people we've opened the doors to in the last 20 years. Do you think Canada ought to reconsider mass immigration? I think, I think that they should take a hard look at it for several reasons, one of which is housing. Like we're basically bringing these people in and saying, go live in homeless shelters because you won't be able to afford a place to live. Um, the other one is that a lot of them are not necessarily on board with the Canadian acceptance and tolerance and all of that stuff. So that's what you're asking about. I think it's worth a look. I don't, I, I'm not a hardliner that would just say, you know, close our doors because they're intolerant of our way of life. But I, I do think it needs to be revisited. I think the Jewish community, which is because of its own experience, when Jews were trying to flee Nazi Germany and were turned away, the Jews have been for open borders, not every Jew, but, but the official Jews. And now the official Jews are finding it hard to say, yeah. we got to close the doors because yeah. the, the Nazis are coming here now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, you know, when the war was happening in Syria, there were so many Jewish people that were doing everything to have them come here, to, to bring them here, to, to give them food, clothing, shelter. Uh, we were collecting belongings for them. So you helped, you helped bring Syrians here? No, I didn't help personally bring Syrians here, but what we did was we collected for them. So when you say we? Yeah. Oh, so you were involved in helping? Organizations. So you helped organize? Organizations, yes, that I was involved with, yes. And how do you... We did that, and, and, and you know, you'll never forget the images, you know, that we've seen of, like, that little two-year-old child washed up on board, you know, in Europe, you know, like that horrible scene that turned a lot of people in the last or two elections ago to that Puri child that was on the beach that was found dead. And yeah, Curdy. That migrant child, Curdy child. So, I mean, there, there's, there, there was a heck of a lot of sympathy for that, and rightly so. No child should have to worry about his security. And that means no child anywhere in the world. Well, Nobody's value is less than anyone else's well, do, Does Canada really have to take them all, though? To take them all? Well, we're taking a million people a year. 
the Canada's government was elected by a lot of people who will have to speak up on that issue, not just me. Well, I'm glad to have been here. I'm used to coming to Ottawa in the biting cold. It's not as cold as it was a year and a half ago during the trucker convoy. One of the first speakers said they have come here to Ottawa because this is the place of democracy, the place of our common values, and they want to be heard. I think it's falling on deaf ears. Justin Trudeau doesn't give a damn. He's done the math. There are five times as many Muslim Canadians as Jewish Canadians. And even though I would like to think that most Muslims are not antipathetic towards the Jews, enough of them are that they're a significant voting bloc, especially in places Justin Trudeau wants to hold on to, like Mississauga, like some of the suburbs and other parts of the country. And it's, it's so clear to me now that every day the problem gets worse. Justin Trudeau has doubled immigration numbers to a million a year. And many of the people who are fomenting hatred, I mean, of course, there are some indigenous Canadians, and by that I mean Canadian-born, but most of them are brought here anti-Semitic, and that has not stopped. And I have to say, Pierre Polyev hasn't talked about reducing immigration numbers either, has he? Well, that's our show for today. I'll be back in the snuggly warm studio tomorrow. Until then, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel News, to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom. Mm -hmm.